We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four of our Blue White Game Review Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with the self-proclaimed Big Daddy, Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, we're finally getting to the defensive side. And I'll tell you what, we've been talking about a lot about these true freshmen, which is just fascinating to me. By my quick count, I think I had three, four, five, six. I had eight true freshmen, eight guys who should still be in high school out there on the field already and making plays and making a difference. And the one guy on defense is uh, Zane Durant, the guy who was supposed to be undersized, but he looked like he belonged, didn't he? He absolutely did. Wearing that number 28 that we saw Jason Oway wear back in the day. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of comparing him to Kevin Givens, and I think being the the guy who's sort of with without a position, who's kind of moving up weight-wise to defensive tackle, that's fair, but... Boy, I mean, to me, he just looks like he's quicker twitch. Um, he's a little bit more dynamic athlete than Kevin Givens was at the same time. Um, the coaches are not hesitating at all to say that they expect him to keep doing what he's doing. They've been blown away by what they've seen from him. Um, everything that I've seen in terms of uh, him being a competitor and him being uh, somebody who prepares himself the right way, who focuses on the right things when it comes to the weight room and stuff like that, um, you know, he there's a lot of good reasons to believe that he can defy the expectations at defensive tackle, which suggests that f- true freshmen don't really have a place um, playing a big role their their first year, especially one who's still sort of on the upswing when it comes to his weight. You know, and I think the last I saw is about 260 pounds. He makes it work for him. You know, he looks like sort of a hybrid defensive end, defensive tackle who can win with some quickness, who once he gets a little bit of a crease can can kind of leverage other guys. I mean, he looked really, really impressive. And again, I think just reiterated that this guy probably should be expected in that rotation this fall. And you know what, Dusty? Like you said, wearing that number 28, when they, the camera followed him to the sideline, I thought he was a running back. You know, that's he he's not that big, but I feel a little more comfortable putting him out there at whatever is 260. Now, maybe he could get to 270 by the fall if if standing next to him or in a crouch next to him is P.J. Mustafer at 330 pounds and, you know, very different type bodies, different type athletes there. But they might be a handful for offensive lines to take care of. I'm anxious to see him in the fall. Uh, he acquitted himself very well. And again, just a reminder, these guys should be in high school, Dusty. Yeah. And they're out there. Well, back. I'll tell you, I mean, he, he's a nice addition to this group. And without P.J. Mustafer last year um, and without Hakeem Beeman, who we saw on Saturday, and there's there's good reason to be optimistic that he can bring his unique skill set back. 
you had Kaziah Izzard and you had Devon Ellis playing bigger roles than they would have otherwise. You know, Derek Tangelo being out for the bowl game, you know, allow both of these guys to continue their growth. And there's just no substitute when you've got a guy who's big, strong, and talented. You just need a bunch of game reps before you're really ready to take a step forward. Last year was a year where, where both of them kind of did. And I know that um, the rotation does have its questions and, and you do have, you know, not proven depth there. But I think there's some good reason to believe in, in these guys, especially if Beeman's back in full strength and 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 playing, uh, resuming his his uh, his career the way the way that he kind of left off. You know that defensive tackle group might just be all right. Let's move from the defensive line. Let's go all to the back. Let's talk about that safety rotation. And I know when your uh, <laughs> notes to me, I enjoyed this. You start with Jair Brown should have a big year. Duh. And that duh is yours, okay? Agreed. I I think uh, Jair Brown is going to be this year's Jaquan Brisker. He's on the path, okay? He was already really good last year. He's going to be even better. But it's been interesting how they're filling in some of those safety positions with guys moving from cornerback. And we saw two of those guys. We saw Keaton Ellis and Zaki Wheatley as the two guys moving, and it appears, you know, Keaton Ellis might be the first guy there, and that might be just a matter of experience, because the key Wheatley, coaches are talking a lot about him, and he seems to have a presence, doesn't he? He, he does, and, you know, in, in terms of ability to make a splash when you're on the field, the two best safeties in that department are Jair Brown, duh, and Zaki Wheatley. And, you know, I, th- I think I was pleasantly surprised by his um, his physicality, his willingness to kind of mix it up in, in situations, you know, against the run and things like that. I just saw an awful lot of him. And, you know, whatever you want to take away from that, I don't know what the snap comparison was, but, you know, he, he got your attention. And I think Jair Brown had, had that same thing last year. He just found a way to get your attention. Um, you know, I think in this situation, being the newcomer and just making the move from cornerback, he's going to have to prove without a doubt that he's a better option than Keaton Ellis. You know, Keaton Ellis is going to kind of have that benefit of the doubt going into training camp. And, you know, you can ask the question, how much does it really matter if you're the second guy or the third guy, if they're going to kind of make an excuse to get three safeties on the field, whatever the case might be. I think Zaki Wheatley, no matter what, is going to play a pretty big role. I, I kind of, you know, I really feel like he's their second best safety right now. No no slight to, to Keaton Ellis, but Zaki Wheatley looks like a more dynamic talent at that position. And remember, I mean, he is, he is literally weeks into playing it on a full-time basis. He should get better. He should see the game faster. He should be able to kind of move a little quicker out there. Um, I really liked what I saw from him. And does this not just make you feel even better about that safety position as a whole? It just seems like... There's the one guy, then the next one comes in, then the next. I just feel confident in that position right now. And remember, we've we've got another Lackawanna guy coming in come summer. So we're keeping that pipe. There's like two pipelines. One is from Lackawanna, and the other is from the cornerback room. 
the 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 feeder the feeder system is pretty well established for Penn State safeties now. A lot of them initiated in, as as a cornerback or begin their college career at Lackawanna. Tyrese Mills looks like you know like it's hard not to be confident after what you've seen from Jair Brown and from uh, Jaquan Brisker. It's hard not to be confident that Tyrese Mills is also going to uh, emerge pretty quickly in his career. But I mean the good news is I mean Zaki Wheatley, Jalen Reed. Uh, Keaton Ellis, Jair Brown, really good top four right now. If you have Tyrese Mills force his way into that mix, then that's more of a good thing than a bad thing. That's saying that he's so good that he he was able to unseat these guys. Jalen Reed was good enough last year to burn his redshirt as a freshman. If he's not your number four safety, now you're really talking about positive things on the depth chart. Yeah, you, again, you just feel good about that position. You know, kudos to the coaching Kudos to the recruiting. It, it seems to be there's that plan in place, and the cycle is started, and it's just going to keep on going. The other interesting position, it, linebacker. Let's start with middle linebacker. They we've been talking about this was going to be that big matchup. You know, the one on one. Is it Kobe King? Is it Tyler Elsden? At least on this Saturday, it was Kobe King. And I, t- I mean, the same thing with, with him as with Zaki Wheatley. You know, he had a way of, of making you see that number 41 on the field. Um, looked like he took command, physical, um, you know, not afraid to, to lay it on a big hit. I mean, he he mixed, he really mixed it up. I mean, again, uh, I don't know if – was Tyler I – don't, I don't think I saw Tyler Elton at all. Did I just miss him? I don't think I saw I, him. I, I didn't see him. I know his name wasn't mentioned, but watching the Big Ten coverage, that doesn't mean anything. Um, Right. Another cheap shot there, perhaps. But, no, we didn't see. I don't think we saw him. And, and again, remember, because this is just practice number 15 of 15 practices, you know, not seeing Parker Washington – is not a reason to be concerned. Not seeing Jair Brown, not a reason to be concerned. Um, not seeing Tyler Elsden, I don't think it's a reason to be concerned, but when you're battling for a position, getting out on the field is important, and not only does it not help his cause, you're giving Kobe King more opportunities to make an impression. Yeah, I think, I mean... It seemed like last year, Kobe King as a true freshman, getting some praise for how mature and and how football smart he and his brother Kalen both were, um, was probably the first sign that, um, you know, him being held in, you know, pretty much equal regard to Tyler Elsden as a true freshman with Elsden that being his second year on campus. Now they're kind of going head to head. And yeah, Elsden might technically have a little bit of an experience edge just with that extra season there, but you've got a new defensive coordinator, Kobe King, you know, frankly looks like a more dynamic talent than, than Tyler Elsden is. Um, I don't really think Elsden has a more, has a, has a meaningful experience advantage over him. Um, so this, this competition looked like it could be a really good one through, through the summer, but I really liked what I saw from Kobe King. And I feel like if, if you have a Curtis Jacobs, Kobe King, uh, Jonathan Sutherland starting three, that's a pretty good starting point. L's in there for depth. And then how about Dominic DeLuca? You know, you've had Jan Johnson and Brandon Smith, uh, the walk on Brandon Smith, uh, not, not, 
the five-star Brandon Smith, but you Penn State has some recent history that says, hey, look, if you're a walk-on who battles, you know, we've got a spot for you in the, in that linebacker rotation. Could Dominic DeLuca actually be in this rotation when real games begin this summer? That's something that's going to be pretty fascinating too. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I was upset a bit because I think Dominic DeLuca probably won the MVP of the blue-white game, and my money was on uh, backup running back Tank Smith. It's usually the walk-on running back who wins that. But, yeah, you know, uh, the guy, he made some plays, and linebacker is a position, as you pointed out, where we've seen walk-ons come out there and actually play. I did want to ask you in the last half minute or so we have, it's Jonathan Sutherland coming in. Is this just a case of we're essentially running a 4-2-5 defense when he's in there? Uh, I think he looks like he's pretty ready to play an actual linebacker. I, 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 I don't think he's just sort of an, another safety on there. I think um, the same way you saw John Patrician really thrive in that role as he grew into it for Pitt last year, started at Penn State, obviously. Uh, I give Jonathan Sutherland a chance, but I just I want to see him make an impact. A lot of times I just see him kind of flying around and the play goes right by, right by him. I want to, you know, the coaching staff really trusts him. I want to be able to trust him too. I think he just got to show a little bit more. Well, that's the most important thing. You know, you could impress the coaches. That's one thing. But if you can't impress Big Daddy Dustin Hawkinsmith, I'm not sure what, yeah, exactly, Dusty. All right. That is it for our show. Great job, Dusty. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Fellow Nittany Lions, this is Bill Oldsey, one of your alumni elected trustees. It's been an honor serving you in our world-class university for the past nine years. Today, I'm asking for your votes again for me, Barbara Duran, and Ted Brown for re-election to the Penn State Board. We look forward to continuing our work with you as we take Penn State to even greater levels of success with honor, both academically and athletically. We are Oldsey, Duran, and Brown. Thank you for your continued support. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.